Michael B. Jordan announces some fun Creed spinoff projects. Jenna Ortega proves she's the it girl with a potential role in Beetlejuice 2. Is Jennifer Lawrence bringing back the silly sex comedy? An anonymous actor gives some pretty controversial Oscar opinions. And I competed in some screen trivia. <laughs> Welcome to the madness. Hello, everyone. Hello, Morgan. Welcome to another episode of Monday Madness with Morgan and the Machine. Uh, we are getting into some fun topics today. We are also getting into Screen 6, our spoiler review. Uh, oh, I also yes. got to compete in some fun Scream trivia last Friday. So all kinds of Scream stuff we're getting into. Our little uh, tags also uh, reference the new Scream movie. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, so, they yes. do. Hello, everyone. <laughs> How are we all today? I hope we're very good. What a surprise, Janine. We'll be talking about Scream and yes. Screen 6. It's not like it's not the only thing we ever actually talk about on anything on the It's a Wonderful Podcast oh, YouTube I'll channel, find a way. especially. <laughs> I'll find a way to talk uh, always Scream. <laughs> but it's actually, like, necessary to talk about it. The movie yes. has just come out. Today yes. is our big spoiler review of Scream. Do not fear. We will state quite clearly when that is coming up it was of course the oscars as well like last night as of the air date of this um show we will have a separate oscars reaction because we have to record this before sunday yes. so also um, you get the oscars at like three in the morning so that is also uh, very true. difficult for you to kind of <laughs> yes <laughs> so we have to kind of pre-arrange when we're going to talk about that but don't worry, we 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 will be doing a, an Oscars reaction. Our thoughts on all the winners and likes and dislikes and all that kind of stuff from the ninety fifth Academy Awards. Yes, uh, we will have a separate video discussion on that. Yes, that and we'll be able to find <laughs> on the YouTube channel, the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel, of course. And warning, uh, I am in this room with two sleepy bulldogs so if you hear panting or snoring that is where that is coming from <laughs> i'm sure people understand the fondness you have i tried to get them bulldogs. to leave and they just looked at me like no we're not moving anywhere <laughs> no. you idiot yes. is what they said <laughs> essentially yes they said it with their eyes um but yes <laughs> We have a lot of fun topics to get through today, including our Screen 6 spoiler discussion. Yeah. And then last week I had a fun game for Morgan, so now he has a fun game for me to close out the show. Oh, so, I yes, I yeah, another jam-packed Monday show. So, let's jump right into it, Morgan. Well, the question. The question <laughs> is, so Janine. We that have a lot up. Yeah, so Lots up yes. today. Lots up. So, 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 so. <laughs> we recently... terrible. What was I doing then? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I've got it's insane. Okay. It's okay. Um, so, you know, we recently had the release of Creed 3. 
And Michael B. Jordan has discussed some uh, Creed spinoff projects, including some anime things, some series. Yeah. This is, so um, what do you think about I, that? Look, um, it, it, would, it came out in the news that there's, I mean, it's kind of sad in a way. I obviously like it because I like Creed. I like the Rocky movies. Let's further expand the Rocky Creed world. Why not? We've been talking about, people have been talking about or re-talking about since Creed 3 came out. Just the consistent quality of the Rocky Creed movies is staggering when you consider it's nine movies in. Yeah. You know, there's only one iffy movie. The rest of them are really good really movies. Solid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't even need to tell you what the iffy movie is because it's plainly yeah, obvious general, to everybody yeah. what the the weak Rocky movie is. Um, so it comes as no surprise that you know studios would announce would would start to talk about. Oh well, let's do television spin-offs let's further expand things let's turn this franchise and milk it for all it's worth and you expect this you expect this it's not that it's not exciting because like we talked about in our creed 3 review the the anime influence in the final fight in that movie there is supposedly to be a, an anime show based in this world in, in this universe you know, in the creed world like, yeah and it's all being spearheaded it's all being produced by michael b jordan who's obviously just in love Very with this character and this, in love yeah. with this world um there's also apparently supposedly going to be a show focusing on uh his daughter amara okay which it may be her getting into fighting who knows we don't know we've just this is a base kind of discussion announcement that came out of potential and probable uh, spin-off projects in the Creed world. And it is exciting. You know, I I will be interested in these things. I will be interested in coming back to that world and those characters. Of course I will. It just always is just like oh for god's sake you have to just milk everything for all it's worth don't you you will have to milk it dry until people are sick to death of it yeah and it happens with everything you can't just let good things be purely what they are carry it on as a movie series you know things like bond has carried on since 1962 as a continuous movie series that's just Movie, 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 movie. We don't need a limited series of Bond. Do you? Yes, you do. I mean, I, I I like the idea of a show kind of being centered around a deaf character. So yes, absolutely, I think that's a cool idea, and and a deaf character going into something like fighting. Um, so I like that idea alone. Is I think a cool idea, and then just putting that kind of marquee known ip name on it i think it's also just an extra boost so i like the idea of the spin-off show with the daughter but branching off into other kind of sideshows i mean i liked 
kind of missing the franchise a little bit yes. and then kind of coming back to it. So to get an influx of all this extra information, I'd rather just kind of get it in a movie than yeah. Then, because like I feel like the movies have done a pretty good job fleshing out these characters. So it's like, what more can you tell me or show me that I don't think I already know about these? Or already characters? will get in a potential scene. Yes. And I mean, I also like the idea of an anime thing. So if you're gonna kind of branch off separate things that are related to this, I think it needs to be things that you really can't focus on in just a movie so yeah. a story about amara i think would be great because the creed movies focus mostly on creed um she is a creed yes but i'm saying they mostly focus on michael b jordan's character they do um so to get a story about another character and being able to focus on them i think is a cool idea like you know like pennyworth and getting a whole kind of show about alfred you know okay yeah yeah so i like the idea of some of these shows and and some of these ideas fleshing out things that we're probably not going to get in a movie or that we could get enough information about in a movie so the anime thing i think that's an interesting kind of take on things that we haven't seen before so that could just be a cool thing in terms of kind of like art and and relating something like Rocky to something like anime and see how that comes together and telling a story about a character that we may not get enough from in an actual Creed movie. But anything more than that, I feel like maybe might be just overkill over, over uh, indulgence in, in this yeah. franchise. And, you know, I want to miss don't want that. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get sick of it. I don't want to get bombarded by so much of it that you know it just no. And like it, too it much. it's what always happens. I mean, for God's sake, we bring up this enough. Look what the MCU has been like for the past two or three years. There's been so much stuff that people are gradually becoming just a bit tired. Yeah. Just a little bit like, oh, God, another one, another thing to yeah. watch. So I have to keep up. I don't yeah. want this to turn into one of these franchises, one of these very popular, very well-loved properties that people go, oh, I have to watch another one because, you know, I can't keep up. I never yeah. want to feel like that yeah. with with this. I never want to feel like that with anything. It's just when you do milk stuff dry you end up feeling like that yeah so i hope i yes there's, there's that fear of of milking that well dry um but you know i have a lot of faith in michael b jordan he seems like he has a a, a vision he yeah, seems like definitely. he really he really cares about these things so it's not like just a cash grab type feeling thought going into this um, but it might be from other people other people exactly um so yeah, that that's kind of in the back of my mind in terms of um, these kinds of projects. So cautiously optimistic, I want him to succeed. He seems like he's you know very talented and passionate and has some great ideas and um, really is invested and cares about this. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, just kind of worried about the oversaturation of this great franchise. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think yeah. that's fair. Well, what about uh, another? 
can't call this a franchise, really, can you? Or can you? I suppose this had its own TV show and animated things and yeah. whatever mm-hmm. else. Um, Beetlejuice 2. Oh, another legacy sequel. What a surprise this is. Yes. Let's bring something that was popular in the mid-80s back and reintroduce it to everybody and everybody will go and see it and people will whinge about it and people will complain about it and then other people will really like it and then there'll be fights on Twitter. This is just what happens. Yes. Um, Beetlejuice 2, which I hadn't even really heard was a thing. Yes, I mean, I had heard rumblings about things for years. Somebody had made, like, a a graphic designer had made like these, like, mock posters that looked really cool. Um, In the back of my mind, there's always this thought of, like, okay, well, we left Lydia kind of being cared for and living with, you know, still with her family, but obviously kind of more being parented by these ghosts, which you know, your whole budget is going to go into de-aging Alec Baldwin, who's in his own kind of situation right now. So not sure he's really focusing on acting and Gina Davis. So how is that going to play? You might have to do a story without them because obviously she's going to be grown up now. And obviously her dad is, is, was played by a very problematic actor at that. Incredibly problematic. (laughs) The the problems surrounding. (laughs) Exactly. So, literally you could bring up you could only bring back like a grown-up a grown-up lydia um beetlejuice obviously he's covered in makeup so it doesn't really matter and michael keaton has aged pretty well i think he looks he has yeah um so that would be the focus so if you're going to kind of focus on this mother-daughter kind of thing well um, i hadn't even mentioned what this was supposedly to be yes is Jenna Ortega in, in potentially talks being to play Lydia's, Lydia's daughter, daughter in yeah. a in a Beetlejuice two a, a Tim Burton directed Beetlejuice two now obviously Jenna Ortega now has a professional a professional relationship with Tim Burton thanks to Wednesday yes um, which was very very successful and I really enjoyed Wednesday yes but also kind of just tangent about that is she recently went on a podcast really talking about all of the things the show was doing that she didn't like and her kind oh, of okay. having to shift and change things to keep the character she became very protective of the character and the things that the showrunners were doing were definitely not in line with what she thought the character should be doing so she was kind of rewriting her lines and like saying okay. things differently than what was on the page so i don't know if that was like any kind of conflict with Tim Burton or just kind of other people involved writers and, and showrunner type people. Um, But she was very upfront with her opinions on the problem. Like she was not a fan of the love triangle. She's like, that would never happen to Wednesday. Like, no, no, she's pretty asexual. Yes. So like the YA aspect, she was definitely just not feeling like this was something very coded to the character so she was very candid about all of that so i in the back of my mind i wonder if that was any kind of but kind of conflict with tim burton but probably not because now for next season they've made her an executive producer i believe so yeah yeah it's, pro- it's probably not it, it's seemingly similar to um the stallone situation with creed 3 which is stallone has absolutely no issue no with, issue Michael, with B. Michael B. Jordan. 
but but it's an issue with other producers with, yes, with, with the Ur studio itself Winkler who is just holding on to Which the rights yeah staggering really that he has such an issue with Erwin Winkler given the fact that Erwin Winkler has been there since the very very beginning, beginning yeah um but you know professional relationships fall apart don't they sometimes yes um so I, I I don't know if I'm into the idea of a Beetlejuice 2. I love Beetlejuice being its own singular thing. And again, it would feel like, oh, let's milk the popular thing. Um, yes. Because this is just what people do and people are tired of it. That's, people that's go, don't they? The and I go. People. And it's, hypo yeah. <laughs> it's hypocritical yeah. because I go and watch them. And whilst still being so tired of them and so tired of just oh this thing brought back but I mean, oh another thing brought back but it also has to be done well and not just being done for the sake of nostalgia or milking off of nostalgia um yeah and only a handful yeah yes and so i feel like if the right kind of things are in place tim burton being involved Michael Keaton being involved, Winona Ryder being involved. These are people who were a part of the original, who obviously cared about it. So yeah. if these people are back, and I don't think they would come back unless you know it was a good script, it was a good story. Um, I feel like it could be something cool. Jenna Ortega obviously, obviously is showing she has a lot of integrity in terms of the project she's picking because she has not had a kind of wrong turn yet in terms of no kind of career trajectory so um she seems to make smart decisions so i feel like she wouldn't do this either if it wasn't you know something that she felt good about so you know i think yeah, they could I, if, I if we're working with beetlejuice and lydia and lydia's daughter played by jenna ortega i think that is definitely and tim burton i think that is definitely a good kicking off point to craft an interesting story even if we yeah, don't I would agree. see characters we knew from before like her Catherine o'hara and you know gina davis and alec baldwin so i think i mean and Catherine O'Hara could totally come back and just say, "Oh, the dad died," or something, you know. <laughs> of course she could. Of course she could. I'd like. I'd like that. I think that. Especially would be since you know people who maybe don't think about her outside of you know Kevin's mom. You know she's now very in this other vein of popularity with Shit's Creek, so she yeah. would be very relevant yeah. to you know a new audience as well. So I think people. I think a lot of people would like to see her back, but but it would be a an interesting effects situation with uh, any potential aging of, of, of ghosts, of, of, of I mean, a ghost, you know. Yeah. And Alec Baldwin certainly, I, I just think is in, this is like the in last a tough part mind. at the minute. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's in a he's in a really tough place at the minute. That aside from his wife pretending to be Spanish, um, yeah. <laughs> his wife, I don't even. Know. So he's married to this woman named Hillary, who's like from Boston, but <laughs> somewhere, you know, she's an American woman. Her parents are American. They moved to Spain when she was a, a grown adult, but she goes by Hilaria and she speaks with a Spanish accent and like oh pretends she's Spanish. So okay. she speaks Spanish, she speaks with an accent, then she names her kids like Spanish names and speaks to her kids in Spanish. 
and go. I mean, okay, <laughs> yes, I don't mind speaking to your kids in Spanish. Yeah, you know, of I'm course, that's bilingualism. great. But she talks about going home, like Spain. Her parents are American, and maybe they live in Spain. <laughs> Well, maybe, but... <laughs> maybe she does consider Spain home. I mean, I, I would, I would say that if you move to Spain as a grown adult, you shouldn't be pretending to be Spanish. But maybe she does consider Spain home. Well, that is fine, but she's literally pretending to be a Spanish person. I mean, her name don't is Hillary, speak Spanish, and she actually. goes by Hilaria, and she tells everybody that her name is Hilaria, and like is that, this is that whole. A... <laughs> it's it a whole the, thing. It's the impression. Um it's it's pretty bad. And she like she like eases in and out of like <laughs> this is that's unusual. I didn't know that. It's very weird. Yes, so <laughs> that's that a whole unusual. other thing. So yes, I'm sure he is not focused on any kind of projects at the Absolutely moment. Absolutely not. But I like I said, I definitely think if Tim Burton, if when writer's there and Jenna Ortega, who's on this really big kind of hot streak right now. Um, I think they could craft, and obviously Michael Keaton, they could craft a great yes. story with with that core group of people. So and interesting, it very yeah. interesting. Obviously, will we we will be continuing to speak about General Taker once we get into our screen yes. uh, review. I, as far as General Taker is concerned, would like to. Not just. I, I hope she doesn't, and I don't think she will, because I think, I think she she's better than this, and that's not to look down on these particular things. But I don't want to see her just go down the kind of half family friendly horror based route, you know, of a, of a Wednesday of a a Beetlejuice too, and not that Beetlejuice is family friendly, but you know what I mean. But it's, it's more, it's, yeah, it's not complete horror. You know, it's you not X, for example, is yes. it? That she yeah. was in. I want I want to see more real nastiness. You know, I want to yeah. see her in more real nasty horror. Um Scream does fit that, to be fair. I think she she yeah. always works she's worked really well in these last two Scream movies. Yes. Um and they're obviously fairly nasty movies, but don't always take themselves so seriously. Yes. Um but that's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing that. They are they are still nasty slashers. Um, but certainly, I, you know, I think she was great in X, and and I, you know, she, I want to I want to see genuine kind of true scary horror, like yeah. not not not. I don't know what I don't know what. Well, I mean we know I that she's not going to. I I, we know that she's not going to get into that box because she's obviously done things like X. So yeah, I, I, no, I, I don't really I, feel like she's going to kind of stick with that. I think she's very particular and really smart about what she chooses to do. So I think she's going to. While she is kind of in this horror mode right now, I think she uh, has the range and is really smart about what she chooses to do. So I think she's going to gear towards a project that she thinks is interesting um yeah what whatever it is whatever, whatever the tone it is. of it is exactly yeah, I so i don't fair. see her i don't see her you know putting herself in a box like that but no and i, I just i just don't want to see that i just don't yeah. want to see that because i think she she can do a more kind of nasty horror yes um, as opposed to kind of enjoyable fun horror yeah. Which there's nothing. I'm obviously there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I I, I like General Tiger. I do. I do. Um, I mean, everybody does. 
pretty much everybody does, actually. We do have a trailer, Janine, we wanted to talk about. This is a weird one. <laughs> this is um, a trailer for a movie called No Hard Feelings. Yes. Starring, which I think is Jennifer a great Lawrence. title, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, who, I mean, Jennifer Lawrence doing a movie like this. This is... This is interesting because Jennifer Lawrence has always seemed a rather, while very, or while famously very kind of goofy in person, whether you view that as being a put-on persona or genuine, I don't know. I view it as being genuine. I like to think people as genuine. Yeah. But her movies and her stepping back, obviously, from quite a lot of movies recent, you know, in more yeah, recent You know, years. having a baby and getting married and yeah. all of that, yeah. Have been more they've always weird. They've, they've always been fairly serious movies. Um, yes, okay, there was franchises early on, wasn't there? There was Hunger Games, there was X-Men, there was all this kind of stuff. But you even go back to a, the very beginning and Winter's Bone and things like that. It's a serious movie. Silver Linings Playbook, serious Mother. movie, serious performance. Yeah. Mother. I mean, Mother was a weird movie. It was a serious movie, though. Yes, and now this movie, Causeway, um, with Brian Tyree Henry. Um, yes, but this movie is a silly movie, Janine. Yes, and I do... Accounts. And I do think we need more movies like this. Like this very much harkens back to these kind of silly rom-coms or these kinds of, you know, PG-13 sex, comedy. sex comedies that we were getting in the early 2000s to mid-2000s and things like that. So I feel like those types of movies have kind of fallen by the wayside for more, um, you know... I don't want to, you know, sound sound like Tara and talk about elevated, elevated sex companies. You know, I, or I don't think look, I don't think you're wrong though, because I I think there is, I mean, for better or worse, because obviously some of these style of movies, the the early mid two thousands sex comedy, are very vulgar movies, very graphic movies, very. Yes. And now very we're in this culture of you know obnoxious movies. <laughs> Yes, but um, now we're in this culture them. of like, you know, not offending anybody and not discluding anybody. Or So, you know, those movies kind of had free reign to do all of those things because there was this understanding that this is a movie. This is satire. Yes. This is not to be taken in any kind of serious way. But now there's a whole kind of sensitivity around things that I feel like that's what has kind of killed this style of movie. Um, this, is because of, this is because a lot of people do take silly things as seriously and and i just yeah. i think that's a i think that's dangerous really yeah. obviously we shouldn't be going about making fun of people you know yeah. who are who are we shouldn't be going a, around the place being horrible to people but in a silly movie in a, a silly movie context we've spoken about this yeah. context the context of a silly movie just just go for it. Be a bit vulgar, you know. Be a bit yeah. di direct and nasty at times, and but a recognize that yeah. crude. <laughs> recognize that a character can be that, but that character is fictional. That character is yes, and that not every character has to speak for 
a certain group, you know? No. Yes. So, I mean, I like the idea of this movie. Basically, her character is, you know, needs money. She's kind of in dire straits, not in a good place. She's going to lose her house. Um, So she answers this ad to date this kind of rich family son, who is this 19 year old who like is kind of a nerd who hasn't really experienced anything. He doesn't go anywhere. doesn't do anything. doesn't party or drink or have any friends. He's just very kind of isolated and introverted. So they want him to have kind of more experiences before he goes off to college. So they put an ad for someone to date him. And so date, she they don't mean date. Yeah. <laughs> they mean date, date they the mean, hell out yeah. of him. Or, yeah. Whatever they say. Date. <laughs> yes i'm sure i'm sure someone says date him hard or something yeah like something that. like that it's, it's, um it's one of those so she situation. answers the ad because i think they will give her a car is like what the ad yes. is promising so it's her kind of dating this 19 year old trying to get him out of his shell and obviously there's going to kind of be this emotional core throughout the comedy where she actually kind of starts to like actually care about him in some way to a friendship by degree the, the or a romantic yes. degree, because I'm sure she's a decent amount older than him, you know. Um, well, yeah, I mean, how old is Jennifer Lawrence now? I, I always, I mean, I always think of Jennifer Lawrence as being relatively young, but she's probably yes, 10 years I think she's older probably yeah, probably she's probably like thirty, maybe close to thirty. I would say. I no, I would think she's older than that. Older than strange that. Strange to. I would. I would think she is, and it would be strange to consider her as being older than that. Yes. Um. So do a quick do a quick check yes, on I'm, the age I'm, of I'm Jennifer looking. Lawrence. <laughs> but this no, this movie to me it seems she's thirty two. She's thirty two. Okay, yes. so it, it seems like. It seems like it would be it. It would take the turn of, oh, it's it. You know, let's just be nice and friends in the end because we had this whole situation where I was trying to bang you for the entire movie and you didn't really want to. And maybe, to be fair to this movie, maybe it takes an approach into asexuality. Maybe it maybe. does that. Maybe that. Maybe the kid. Is is perfectly happy, you know how he is and who he how is, he is. And, yeah. and his just parent, his parents are trying to force this on him. Maybe it takes this approach, and by the end, we'll learn just like, okay, you don't want this, do you? You don't need this. Let's just yeah. be friends. That would be quite nice. I don't mind that. Yeah, I also don't mind if it gets really crude. <laughs> it, it's not really clear which way it may go. It's gonna go. So I'm curious about that. But I feel like just movies like this don't really get made anymore. It looks like a lot of fun. Jennifer Lawrence kind of tr finally getting to dig into kind of her real silliness as a person. Yeah. She has great comedic timing and comedy chops we've seen in things like like Silver Linings Playbook. That was a dramatic film, but had a lot of comedy in it, and she played yeah. those scenes really well. Um, so I, I'm excited to kind of see this version of her getting to just to be more fun in a movie and, and, you know, really play to her, her real life kind of just chillness as a person um, and, and see a movie that harkens back to a time of movie that feels like it's kind of disappeared. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to have a throw. It looks like a lot of fun. Once in a while. Yeah. Uh, in, in tone. It does look like a lot of fun. I, I, I just remember myself as a 19-year-old who was very, very attracted to Jennifer Lawrence. Janine, I will be honest with you. 
Um, and, and, and likely still am, to be perfectly honest. I, you know, she hasn't lost anything. I'm talking like she's 63, you know. <laughs> I like Jennifer Lawrence. I do like Jennifer Lawrence. I think Jennifer Lawrence is a beautiful person. Um, certainly did as a 19-year-old. So yes. why this 19-year-old in this movie can't see it in Jennifer Lawrence, I don't know. Yes, he's just very confused. Yeah, It's why I'm considering there might be a, a, a sense of... of genuine conversation about asexuality in this movie in that, this movie, that, that yeah. might be there um because i personally don't see how he doesn't just go yes please <laughs> yes this girl is talking to me um okay it's not just this girl is talking to me this girl is throwing herself at me she's literally presenting herself to me on the yes. couch yes and, and, in and the i'm ocean. just like hmm, no and <laughs> Even even introverts, because again, we're looking at myself here. Yeah, cannot say just cannot stay introverted in such circumstances. So yeah. maybe there's just more to it. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe. And I, if there is more to it, I hope it's treated respectfully. Yes, definitely. Um, and not 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 as a joke. We don't want yeah. that. No, we don't want things like that to be treated as a joke. We certainly don't want things like that to be treated as something to cure. Yeah. Or anything like that. I think that would be a bad, bad call yeah. for this movie to take. Um, very much so. But I'm I'm interested in this movie. I, I like the I like the style of it. Same. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. You know, you you don't often think of me as liking kind of crude movies, do you, Janine? But then again, every time <laughs> you show me one, I end up liking it. Yeah, you do kind of enjoy it. So I yes. do enjoy it. Yeah, I am not a snobby <laughs> snobbery. As much as you like to think, I am. it's the accent. You do like to think it's the accent. It's racist, Jenny. It's racist. Um, well, speaking, speaking of racist, racist, yeah. So, um, I stumbled across um, this TikToker. Her name is Sparks Vicky. Um, she she's was not a racist. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, she's a great content creator on TikTok, and she did a video. Talking about how I believe Entertainment Weekly does this article where they anonymously talk to different Academy members um, and it'll say kind of what their status is, if they're an actor, a producer, a, uh, you know, crew person, you know, a composer or whatever, and they kind of outline who they're voting for. So they and they're very honest and candid about who they're voting for because it's anonymous. So she's reading this article in this magazine, I believe. Yeah, it is Entertainment Weekly. And there's a whole kind of section from an actor giving his opinions on the Oscar nominations and who he's voting for. And he came out with some very, you know, because of the anonymity of this article, he felt like he could just kind of speak some very misogynistic, and racist kinds of things about how he was going to vote. Um, <laughs> yeah, and things that don't make any sense either he, when you actually... Yes, he very much seems like he has a disdain for women, particularly Black women. Um, he hates Steven Spielberg, and 
you know, all the Jewish of, people. Yes. He has seems to have a huge problem with Steven Spielberg's movie and Judd Hirsch and says everything about it was terrible. So Sparks Vicky does kind of speculate like did Steven Spielberg not like hire you for a movie at one point? Because that's what this feels like. Um, he talks about are we, just are wanting. We a, are we in a hunt to find who this person is? Right. Or, it, I not, really want to know. Not a hunt, but it's a curiosity. It's like who? Who, who is, is this, is this person? All these He's talking comments. about Ana de Amaris's performance in Blonde and talking about how in every scene she's getting raped or attacked or brutalized. And every time she walks into a room, she's getting raped. And like, it's spoken in the vein of him chuckling and laughing while he's saying this. Um, He's talking about Viola Davis and the director of the Woman King and telling them to just shut up. If they're, you know, if they were deserving of a nomination, then they would have gotten nominated. Viola Davis already has an Oscar, so she's doing fine. She needs to stop whining. He's tired of seeing her snotty tears. Um, This movie was not deserving of a nomination, even though he didn't see The Woman King. He admits he didn't even see the movie. Um, That's what I mean. It doesn't make make a lot of sense. Um, The only thing I'm going to give the, the guy is that he correctly determined that Viola Davis does snotty cry. And what's whether wrong we're with sick, that? Whether, whether we're tired of it or not, which I don't think we are. He, I, I, he, the he the fact is, it's the one thing, it's the one thing I'm saying, the one thing I'm saying. You agree that with, that but fact. yes. That but is who, a fact. Viola Davis does snotty but he's cry. The only person she's great at it. She's, she's phenomenal she's at really snotty at crying. It. Yes. Um, he talks about the film woman talking that none of that was believable. Um, he talks about, I guess because not women can't talk. Probably. No. <laughs> um, he talks about not believing, uh, Angela Bassett's Wakandan accent, not Wakanda's a fictional computing country. that Wakanda is a, a fictional place. Doesn't make um, any sense. <laughs> I think, he... I think someone has planted this person there as a joke. Because none of it makes any sense, and it's it's too just obviously horrible. And yeah. I I don't know if this is just my view of the world, and and or my nice view of the world is, and I I like to think everybody is good. But are people genuinely this when it comes to oh I'm anonymous I will say whatever I want now? Yes. Are people just going to come out with the worst type of stuff? I know. I feel like it's he just has this anonymity, so he is just free to say whatever he wants. He believes that like the it... only reason that uh, there's controversy be- uh, behind Andrea Riseborough's nomination is because Viola Davis is complaining about how she didn't get nominated. If if Viola Davis hadn't been complaining so much, nobody would have really batting an eye about Andrea Riceboro's nomination. So he was just saying a bunch of really crazy things. If you want to see the video, go find Sparks Vicky on TikTok. Um, She kind of goes through all the worst things this person says. So my question is, who is this actor? I really want to know. Who is this person? Um, Oh, he says he's also going to... He also said he he had planned to vote for Michelle Yeoh, but he seemed very resentful about that, saying that, like, I'm only voting for her because everyone's already saying she's going to win. And I don't like that, but I'm just doing it because 
that's what I'm, I guess I'm supposed to do. So he's like, but this is what I mean, though. He has, he has just seemingly the most offensive possible opinion about every little thing, which is why I just think this has gone one step further than just being an offensive person into being comedically offensive to the point where it has to be a joke, surely. Exactly. Everything he's saying is just so unbelievable. Um, So, like, for EW to, like, let this actor spout all this craziness and just print it, like, okay. But this is why I think Entertainment Weekly might, in three or four days' time, come out and go, well, the Oscars are over now. It was... Da, 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 da. It was you. It was him. Yes, yes. Somebody who's ready to quit their job at EW might just spill the tea. Yeah, why? So, <laughs> right. So, yes. In the comments below, who do you think this actor is who's spouting all of yes, this that's, misogynist? That's the question for today. Low-key racist that, rhetoric. Yeah, <laughs> that is the question for today. What we have to go off is probably has an agenda against Spielberg for whatever yes. reason. We don't know why. Um, doesn't like doesn't like black women by the sounds of it, or just women in um, general, or just women in general. Um, that's all we really have to go off. Yeah, that's all we really have to go off. So yeah, that's that's our question for today. You can leave a <laughs> comment if you're listening on, if you're watching on YouTube, or uh, I might put the question on the Spotify. Uh, as well, because you can have like a little Q and A question on Spotify. Okay, yeah. Who um, do you think this actor is? Um... What a, what a <laughs> stupid Q and A that is. Um, yes, who is who is this deeply offensive person? Or is it like I think it is actually just all a big joke, and somebody's gone in there with the sole pur- with the sole intention of things. saying the most spicy things po- the, just the, to... the most possibly offensive thing just because to each can. thing yeah yeah um it's weird it's yes. weird it's very, i, I want to know weird. what it is um so yes before we get into our review of scream six I actually got to compete in some fun Scream 2022 trivia on Friday. It was a really fun match. Me versus Perry Nemiroff, a known Scream fan, uh, you know, very popular movie critic. If you've gone to the movie theater, you've seen Perry do her Perry's picks, her thoughts. She comes on before the movie starts in Unless several you're in theaters. <laughs> yes, I wish, you I wish we got her. Perry Nemiroff um, in Britain. <laughs> yeah, so you do see her uh, her talking about movies in your kind of theater pre-show, which is really cool. She's interviewed a ton of people. She has a bunch of great Scream content and interviews coming up. She did mention she's actually today, she is releasing a full spoiler interview with the directors. She asked all kinds of spoilery questions so i it you know as ghostface says in said movie scream 2022 it was an honor getting to do get out with her in in scream 5 trivia i am the reigning we did it on the video drew youtube channel they have their video chronic pop culture quizzes that they do on all kinds of movies and at that time i had been the kind of reigning scream champion so every scream movie i did the quizzes and i had won every single one what a surprise and perry was actually the winner of the schmodown 
scream exhibition match. So it was kind of Did like, you compete in that? <laughs> they didn't ask me, so I don't know. That if they is do. a scandal. <laughs> I was very upset they didn't ask me. How so did I don't, that not Maybe happen? they just, it, it just didn't get down the pipeline that I was a very huge Scream fan. I don't no know. wonder the Schmodown <laughs> fell apart if they don't recognize Scream, scream fan. talent. Um, yes. So Sorry, that it was, was offensive to Schmodown. <laughs> we, we, we love the Schmodown. It's a big it, part of our lives. Yes, yes. It was a really fun match. We got some great engagement. Um, obviously, like I wish I could have been more involved in the chat, but obviously, playing a match and and the the chat yeah. getting to answer the questions, I could not look at the chat to see um, any of that. So, um, but I was told there was a lot of engagement. I actually had family members and friends like message Lovely. me because yes, Mister Machine did kind of share the link out and tell people to check it out. So that was nice really nice, supportive. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, it was a really fun match. Uh, Perry did draw first blood. Some of the questions got very kind of tricky. One of the questions, I think, the first question. Uh, that was pretty tricky. I had to go to multiple choice was, you know, when Dewey is texting Gail, he texts two words before deleting it. What were those two Ooh. words? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, this is very, very deep called screen five. And so I was, I couldn't remember. So I was like, is it like, I miss you? So I miss, but I wasn't sure. So she had it locked in. I checked down a multiple choice. Obviously, when you check down a multiple choice, it goes down to one point. Um, so I checked down, and I'm glad I did, because if I had put I miss, I would have just missed the two points. Ooh. So then once I saw the I still, then I remembered it was the I still. So that's what it was. Uh, um, so then that got oh, me down dude, one point soft, from her. <laughs> right? Soppy creature. So that got me one point down from her. Um, and then another tough question was in the scene when, um, uh, I think, um, Amber's about to kind of reveal herself as the killer and, and she right. live and everyone's kind of accusing each other after Mindy gets attacked, who enters the room last? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to so have to I just kind of jumped. Yes. So I just jumped to Richie because he was obviously the ghost face who attacked Mindy and then he yeah. comes in and then I thought okay then he comes into the room late and then everyone's kind of questioning where were you da 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 so I just took a chance and said Richie but the answer was Liv so I got that one wrong so now she's like three points ahead of me so I'm like oh I'm gonna lose uh. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to give it all away you could go so people can actually go and Check yeah, it don't out. give it away. You can go and go and check that out. So in, yes, I kind of she had me on the ropes, but you know, I maybe find my way back. So it was yeah. a really fun match. So check let's, out. You know, let let's let's just remember <laughs> yes. you as the reigning scream <laughs> trivia champion, but also Perry Nemeroff herself as yes. another you know faction's reigning scream trivia champion. But I think right. that's exactly. only because. You weren't invited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Um, but so there were some things she was very confident on that I was iffy about and vice versa. There were some things I was Good. very confident about and she had to kind of really think about. So I felt like we were very evenly matched. Um, so it was a really fun match. Um, 
uh and, and yeah i love what video drew does her and, and nerd chronic eric they do some great yes. stuff on their channel so please check out the video drew youtube channel um they have a bunch of fun stuff over there and these video chronic uh pop culture quizzes are really fun i believe they talked about doing one on the departed with some boston natives so <laughs> yes so they do all kinds of movies so i think yeah it's a really fun show and so i you know me and perry may be back to face off on scream six so mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. what movie do i like I'm, I'm asking that as though i don't know what movie night I of like. the what movie do i know <laughs> night of the hunter trivia what you movie do i know that on every <laughs> randomly <laughs> i mean okay yes i will admit to the last time i was feeling a little bit upset a little bit down you what movie did Hunter. I put on to cheer myself up? The Night of the Hunter. <laughs> Why that movie is reason to cheer up, I don't yeah. know. Yes. But it um, did. It did its job. Yes. Um, but some no, very just, tricky, difficult questions. I think one of the questions that was also really tough was, but I actually knew it. So I was very like proud of myself was, um, what, is, what, are the, what is the last thing Dewey says to Gail? <laughs> like in person yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah in person yes <sighs> i don't know it's probably something soppy no yes so me. watch the match on the video drew okay. youtube channel video chronic pop culture quizzes so it was yes. a really fun one yes. um yes so so i was honored to play against perry she's great so yes she is we 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 liked Perry. Yes, Perry also follow Perry Nemirov. She, she has a lot person. of great stuff going on in terms of celebrity interviews and great movie critic and, and interviewer and all of that. So And person. Yeah. And yes, person. she's really cool. That's so we said. Yes. Yes, lovely. Well, I think it's about time now then, Janine. Why don't we just get straight on into it? Although I still need to figure out what movie I know you would do else. yes because i think you would be you know you would probably have to take a nap and then come on at a very random time to what, compete but what, what movie that there's another question there's another question for people in the comments um or, or on twitter you know do uh hashtag monday madness pod hashtag you know it's a wonderful one if you want let me know well, let what us know think? who you think the horrible actor is, but also let us know <laughs> what movie do I know above everyone else? Or what movie do, does it seem yes. like I know above Morgan's constantly else? tweeting about movies that he's watching, movies he enjoys. He does his whole Blu-ray uh, physical media collection videos. So all of that will give you a sense of what Morgan is into in terms of films and vibes and things or listen to podcast episodes, you know, as well. So I don't hate, I don't hate your night of the hunter suggestion and night of the hunter trivia. I think I could, uh... but I don't know who would compete. against you. Nope. You'd have to get somebody who's just a real old aficionado, aficionado, at which point I would just be deeply intimidated intimidated by somebody that clearly does that for a career well what if you did um um it's a wonderful life (laughs) no no i don't think i'd no you don't think you'd be good at that no i don't not trivia okay not wonderful life trivia i wouldn't because i can't just watch it before because you can't watch it's a wonderful life in august 
You're really just like you can watch Night of the Hunter any. Well, what if it was a Christmas quiz that they did around Christmas? It was a Christmas quiz. Okay. Yes. What noir icon is in It's a Wonderful Life that nobody ever recognized was in It's a Wonderful Life before they started? I mean, by nobody, I mean me. Um, what that I didn't even recognize was in It's a Wonderful Life before I started watching her in all these noir movies. It's Gloria Graham, she plays Violet. Ah, yes, as in Violet, as in, oh, Violet, you look good in that dress. Um, what this old thing? I only wear this when I don't care how I look. Yeah, Gloria Graham, yeah, <laughs> that's a stupid point, anyway. Um Oliver, the musical. Oh, I know yes. that probably above more most other people. Um, um that's not really your favorite version of trivia, um, though, is it? Of a Christmas Carol. Scrooge music. Yeah, it's not really conducive to trivia because it's it's kind of based on original books and things. It needs to be like a like Scream's entirely wholly original. Oh, it's, it, you know, you, you've got to have the, the singular thing. Anyway, let's actually get into <laughs> our let's talk for yes. today. It is our full spoiler review, review of, of Screen six. 6. So I do, maybe let's do like a spoiler-free section where we kind of just give general okay. thoughts and then we can yeah. get into the spoiler talk. Okay, um, I, yeah. I know obviously you will you will be able to take over this entire thing. <laughs> you know, this will likely be about 35 minutes long of a discussion or something like that. Um, and it could just be you. So I would actually like to say something. Okay, all right. Um, at the beginning about Scream uh, 6. And yeah. I don't mind it just be you. You are the expert. <laughs> this is perfect. Also, fine. shout out these beautiful posters gifted to me by our good friends, Steve and Heather. Thank you, guys. I oh, yes. love these. They're in my media room. I They're usually hung on a different wall, but I wanted to feature them, obviously, because we're talking Scream today. So yes, I love, I love these watching. posters. They're beautiful. Yes. If you are watching, you can see them. They are very, very nice. I, I especially like the one on the left, actually. The colourful one. Yes. Oh, oh. The, the colourful <laughs> one. Yes, I like the colourful yes. My left. My yes, left. Yes. Yes, I like the colourful one. Um... Yes, anyway, Scream 6. What do I think about Scream 6? I was not concerned. Um, I was questioning... My favourite thing about the Scream movies is always how they make fun of their own place yeah. within that The meta-commentary. Yes, know. the meta-commentary, their own place within the, the world of horror at that time and their own place within their own series. Yes. Um... So I was questioning what Scream 6 would do, because it, Scream 5 was very good at making fun of legacy sequels. Yeah. Um, what would Scream 6 do? It's always my favourite part of the Scream movies. Quite enjoyably, it just turned into, let's make fun of ongoing franchises, which we've actually already made fun of yes. on today's show. <laughs> I really liked that. I thought it's... It, Comedy hits very, very smartly again. The commentary hits very smartly. But most impressively for me about Scream 6, actually, is that it really brings back the hard mystery 
of a Scream movie yeah. that I don't think was as strong in Scream 5 because I think yeah. Scream 5 was about let's bring you know everybody back let's reintroduce let's but see. let's introduce people let's now also we can pay tribute with all let's pay let's... tribute yeah. now we can sit in this movie in Scream 6 yes we get a new location you know brand new things going on of course we do, which is, is, I think, great. I think New York as the setting is really, really interesting and, you know, works a hell of a lot differently to small-town Woodsboro or, or even, you know, a, a movie studio or, or a random college, you know. it's Yeah. The city of New York is very well used, I think, in Scream 6. But the mystery of it, I really feel there is a, good mystery behind this ghost face and behind who our ghost face is in this movie yes. um and why they are doing why they are doing this here why they are coming you know back in in this way um why people are so enamored by the ghost faces and, and ghost faces story and the whole Woodsboro killings and all of it. The fascination still. with it and, and the, why the is there still them? such a fascination? Yes. And who, you know, what angle is Sam going to go down? Is she becoming a little bit messed up herself? And all these kind yeah. of things. There is real heavy mystery to this movie that was there to a point in Scream 5, Five but, but... but it's what I love about the first Scream. And, and okay, I will say... Second, and Scream 2 as well, I think. Yes, they definitely... Really well. I think these directors, I think, can work a little bit more on the subtlety of the mystery. Wes was really good at that, showing just people's yeah. shoes, showing just close, closing in on different people just giving random stares like you're just have a have a just flash to kenny the cameraman just kind of looking at sydney a weird way um yeah. or the sheriff looking down at his boots when he puts out his cigarette um having someone enter the room after ghost face leaves like just very subtle cues you're not spoon feeding us the mystery aspects wes was really good with that so i feel like we got a little bit more of that better done in in six than in five but i think there there also needs to be a little they i feel like these directors feel like they kind of have to maybe explain a little too much and exposition a little too much i think that's when they fair. could go back to the west subtleties of of just kind of showing not telling a little bit more that is a very fair point but i think you also have to be a Obviously, Wes Craven was a wonderful singular director. Yes, and I, you know, I don't think these, I don't think these guys are on are, are on the same kind of level, really. No, but I'm of... just saying these are easy. Like, obviously, Wes is probably not the only director to do things like that. No, certainly not. Um, so I'm just saying, like, if you if the whodunit aspect is what makes Scream was one of the many things that makes Scream great. Um, so I feel like they could really just play in the show don't tell a little bit more than they do. They do feel like they are exposition heavy in a lot of spots. Like if you think about the first screen movie, it was a hot minute before we really got Sydney's full story. They peppered it in yeah. news reports and 
Tatum like stopping herself before she's saying things, before she comes in to talk to the principal and the police chief and, oh, Sydney Prescott, she's the daughter of, uh, oh, and then, you know, and then they kind of shut up. Yeah. Um, and then it isn't until we see her kind of have this conversation with Gail that we get more of the story. Um, so like things like that were just kind of, you know, the world is kind of casually telling us and and giving us cues to what is happening without kind of somebody just giving full exposition. So I I, I wish the, the these guys could really delve into kind of those aspects a little bit more. Um, I think they, they do that a little bit better in this film than in five, which felt very exposition heavy. Um, but almost so, needed to be. Yes. Um, but I think, you know, I think there are really just subtle, easy ways that they can give us information, show us information as opposed to, you know, having someone yeah. explain everything. I, I don't. I don't disagree, but you could also look at that even as, well, we're doing it because that's what franchise movies do. They over-explain things that we've already seen in previous movies, so why not treat it as a joke? Maybe I'm just being a bit too complimentary in thinking that. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe I... That is a, maybe that is that is a thing, because it, it comes from writing, really, doesn't it? Yes. No, and I love this director's style the writers as well i mean ready or not was so fun and so unique and you know really mixed comedy and horror well um really gave some fun characters and and character development um so i love what they do with these characters here um i love a lot of their style but you know while you are taking this over from wes who had a stamp on these films um, and you talk about Wes being an inspiration to you, you have to think about kind of at least the core things that made this franchise great and maybe try to, you know, incorporate them in some way while still keeping your own style, you know? Yeah, I think so, that's fair. So oh, I feel oh. like I feel like they're on the way to marrying those things together. Yeah, like I said, but ultimately, I think... The mystery works really, really well for me in yes, Scream Six. Much I better really here. Love, yeah. I really love the way New York's used. I love the development of our of all our new characters, the core four yes, yes. themselves. I feel like they are making them kind of another iteration of our core three, because now our core three is I think no really more. are. So really focusing on this friendship this kind of family unit dynamic this protective unit i think was really important and they had a lot of great moments highlighting kind of their protective really team nature so i, they, I really liked developing that 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 foursome and I, I think it really does it really does a good job in playing on and and making fun of while doing it very genuinely in in moving a franchise on in yes. you know kind of in doing what the because you can liken screen five and six so appropriately to screen one and two now yes that it just feels like they're re are they redoing the same 
kind of story points. <laughs> and yes, they are, but they're aware, aware of, of that. that they're yes. redoing the same story points. They're making fun and calling attention to the fact that they're redoing the same story points, which is just genius for Scream to do. It's yes. just perfect. It's very for much. To do. And I love what that it's doing franchise that. does. Yes, yes. I love that it's doing that. I love the way uh, you know the the new characters from five are, are developed further. We get we enjoy. I think we enjoy them more. We we like them more. We are into them as a group more. Um, they have certain little you know things going on with their own heads. Yeah. One in particular, but. I really do like them in this. I think in terms of the kills, noticeably brutal. I mean, we we, we like Scream at its most brutal. I think this was noticeably yes, gory. very gory. I loved that. And just, yeah, the brutality made this movie feel actually very tense and scary. Yeah. Um, and that that uh, grocery store scene from the yeah, trailer bodega, works yeah. really well. Yes really really well i mean there's something always that's going to be very tense very scary genuinely scary about the kind of jurassic park kitchen scene style scene <laughs> yeah you know and that is that it's just a ghost face rather than a velociraptor <laughs> yes um it always works it's been used <clears throat> time and time again because it always works it's very very effective um I, I don't want to get into into spot any spoilers. Yeah, I yes. just think that the scares, the the scary scenes, the tense scenes work very, very well. Yes, the and set pieces always, were really well done. Always, you know, climaxed with a particularly nasty death, which is also what we go and see screen movies for. We oh, go yeah. and see them for for the kills, real harsh, <clears throat> and I mean just quick quick stabbing quick gutting of people and just throwing people around heads bashing in and this kind of gore um i mean there's one death that is literally like this the entire of somebody's face just gets or is he stabbed through the nose or something like that it's oh, just like yeah. the entire side of his face is just, just uh, he looks blood. like two face off batman it, it's just skin and then flesh it's horrible yes um, um yeah but I it's what we go these... to them for yes. and i really really enjoyed the movie i think there's elements to when we talk about the spoilers i think there's elements that i wanted a little more from wanted a little kind of not not disappointing far from disappointing but perhaps after all the speculation and, of course, speaking to you so much about it and coming up with all these theories and things like this and, and having those play in my mind, I think if I didn't have those playing in my mind, I probably wouldn't have minded the eventual climax of this movie Reveal. as and much I, as I may have did. Yes. <laughs> but... I think that's the general consensus. I think most people say they've had fun with it. Everything was well done. But the final act was the weakest part of the movie. So I think Just that's a general shit. thing. So people who didn't hear my theories okay. or, you know, make up those thoughts also kind of felt that, like, that's the general thing that I'm hearing from people that the movie was great, but the final act was kind of the weakest part. Well, um, which is, is definitely my feelings. 
let's get into spoilers now, Janine. Go ahead. Well, to give my general review. Oh yes. <laughs> since you no, I no, I I <laughs> got to. I, did. I was trying to I chime in, but you were kind of, you know, doing your your your, your I apologize. Sharing your thoughts. So just to kind of share my general thoughts, I really enjoyed it. I loved the brutality of Ghostface. The gore of it was a lot of fun. The action set pieces and, and chase set pieces were really well done, especially since we didn't get really any chases in five um the opening no. the opening call was Ooh, such yeah. a great surprise the layers of it the surprises of it completely different from anything we've ever seen in a screen movie so i really appreciated giving us something new with the opening call which is kind of a big trademark of the franchise um i loved the the core four unit and getting to really start to love these characters and enjoy them kirby's return was really well done it was great seeing her she was such a little badass i think they used gail really well and stayed true to her character from how we saw her in day one but really kind of so i think always giving her the the underlying heart that we always kind of end up seeing by the by the kind of end of the (laughs) of the movie but we know um, full well she'll turn back around and go, <laughs> I'm Gail Weathers. I'm going to infiltrate people. Yes, I'm going to exploit this trauma, <laughs> but I still have a heart in there somewhere. No, you um, don't, Gail. <laughs> and yeah. Your heart her... died last movie, Gail. <laughs> yeah, so now she's completely ruthless all over again. Um, so yeah, I think I loved I it, it took me a minute to really kind of appreciate the characterization of Gail. Um, but I, you know, once I saw it again, cause I've seen it twice now, um, I, I appreciated, you know, them really just staying true to who she is, but still giving her that yeah. heart that we love from her. Um, and yes, for me, definitely the final act, the reveal was the weakest point of the movie. I mean, the trailers, this ghost face is telling us I'm something different. And then by the end not so different (laughs) so this movie did a lot of things different but Ghostface putting that line out there I'm something different and not really being different was a bit frustrating um but I still found myself enjoying the movie everything that worked worked well the things that didn't work I could reconcile because of how the movie you know uh uh, goes forward so um yeah, almost how it got there how how it yes played to get there i i enjoyed everything that got us there um so i appreciated that i wish the halloween setting maybe would have been used a little bit more but in the moments where you know that was kind of the focus it did make for some tense moments it did. It did. um and I also wish we kind of got to, just as a fan, I wish we kind of would have gotten to explore the shrine a little bit more. But the whole set piece, the set pieces that do happen there, I think are really cool. Um, and I think, use, I think and was, use it well. But, you know, just as a screen a fan, I would have loved to just walk around a little bit more and look at a little bit more, you know? Now, look, but- <laughs> surely, surely that's going to become an actual somewhat place even if it's just a pop-up event type of place well that's what they they had that i did that that was that dream experience i did we did was it 
in a similar it was set up very similar to that and so all of the things we see in the movie essentially i mean not everything was there okay but the majority of the things were there um okay so yes i i it was fun getting to kind of see those things close up and remember these different things but you know just for our characters to i like that we did get moments of characters like pointing things out and really getting yeah, you know and, and yes, having moments with things but just as a fan like there were so many things that we didn't really focus that is in on so so to have all those things in there and then you're just a screen fan looking at everything and you know we don't get to like really relish in it as much as i would have liked you know maybe, that's just me as a fan wanting to see more but of course the characters are not going to be taking the time yeah. to do that so i get that but just as a fan i would have loved to meander around in there a little bit more but the set piece that does happen there is really well done um yeah. so yeah those are kind of my general thoughts of the film so now we get into yes spoiler talk yes um Let, let's 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 do this now <laughs> Because obviously, Sam is having trouble. Yes. Yeah, so spoiler with... warning. Spoilers for Scream 6. Um, yes, I, I do like this kind of Dexter route they're taking with Sam. Um, you know, she's talking to her therapist and talking about, you know, it felt right killing Richie. It felt right doing yeah. that. Um, so she does kind of have this bloodlust, but she's able to kind of directed in a protective aspect you know she's not just wanting to kill anybody for the sake of killing anybody you know if she has the opportunity to take someone out that has hurt her has hurt her family in a, in an effort to protect what's hers deaths. yes she hasn't she just has no problem letting her bloodlust kind of take over so i like this is a hereditary bloodlust <laughs> As, of course, her grandmother and father were both. Yes, and so I like, the, you know, the nods Killers. of them, like, this was your grandmother's mask, and like that kind of, this was your yeah. father's, you know. And we do get to see her actually don Billy's whole kind of outfit. I mean, yeah, they, they don't half make a massive point of calling Billy out to her at every given opportunity. It's just like, yes. look at what your dad was. And they yes. focus in on the mask, focus in on the knife, and it's all Billy's. The it's just like, oh. And all of that. Oh, and you know, they're, they're kind of going through because the, this ghost face, these ghost faces, as we can now say, these ghost faces. <laughs> yes. They are seemingly using everybody's previous outfits, everybody's and previous masks. masks. And leaving, leaving the masks at leaving different them. crime scenes, at different deaths, at different ghost face fit killings. They're but leaving masks. But going backwards in order. Yes. So it all comes, you know, it, it all ends up at Billy, obviously. Because yes, Billy kind and of Sam are the, are, the, are, the, are the character point of the of the movie, really. Yes, Sam's relationship yeah. towards her own father. Yes, and I think people kind of maybe get confused in terms of, like, you know, ghost vision Billy. Um <laughs> You know, I hear people it's a like hallucination. James, yes, I hear people like James A. Janice talk about not liking it because it's trying to redeem Billy. It's not trying to redeem Billy because this is not really Billy. This is Billy in no. her mind. So, of course, her mind is going to conjure this image of him who is in not just terrible. No, he's in like a teammate to her. He's a support to her. He's the the thing speaking to her bloodlust. 
So she's going to picture him in a more uh, redeeming light in him being kind of on her side because he's in her head. It's not the real Billy Loomis. Yeah. It's her, it's her version in her head. So of course he's going to be on her side and speaking to the inner kind of demons that she has. So, um, you know, I like that aspect of it. I like that. You know, I do. He, I don't mind that. I don't mind. I like that. And I love that. It's just a kind of interesting, cool way to bring back such an iconic character. Um, yeah. I, 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 that, like I said, that relationship, the, the Sam's relationship to her father is, is very interesting to me. It was in five, but I think it's played really well here because Every, you know, everybody's just aware of it. Like, the entire city of New York just seems so aware that Sam Carpenter lives there and is the daughter of famous serial killer Billy Yes, Loomis. and also she's dealing with the trauma of the these stories going around about her that she framed Amber and Richie and she actually yeah. killed everybody. So she because is she's the daughter. Yes, she's under this whole character assassination, people throwing drinks at her and attacking her and and believing these rumors about her being this crazy person. Um so I love that we're giving her that to deal with um yeah. on top of everything else and that's just like I think another nod to speak to topical things of like cancel culture and and character assassination. Um, yeah, that, that aren't, of course, always justified. Yes, and online bullying, it speaks to kind of all yeah. those underlying issues. So I like I liked kind of addressing those things. Um, but yeah, and I think that also fleshed out uh, the character of Sam. I think people felt like this is supposed to be replacing Sydney. This is supposed to be who we're passing Sydney, epic Sydney Prescott's torch to. And she's, you know, kind of getting outshined by her sister. She's not really maybe doing much in terms of kind of acting. Um, I, I liked her in the first here. film. I yeah, I I I I liked her in the first film, but I don't think she was as strong as she is in this one. She's no, I would kind agree. Of, yes, her standing up for her friends. I love that, like also kind of sealing the core for when, you know, she's like, Ghostface wants me. If it'll stop him from hurting you, I will sacrifice myself. I will just turn myself in if that's what it takes to just end all of this. Yeah. Um and so I love her kind of having that Sydney walking into the fire kind of boldness. And then I love when her kind of sinister nature kind of taps in, in terms of, you know, this kind of very sneaky smirk she gets on her face when she knows she has the upper hand on a ghost face and that kind of energy. And then even that that's kind of feeding into Tara as well. So I love the kind Little of bit. team, the team aspect that kind of happened with the two of them when it played into very much at the beginning. Tara just does not want to be this person. She wants to live a normal life. She feels suffocated by Sam. Um, you know, Sam was gone for so long and now she's right on top of her and she just wants to be a teenager and go to college and live her life and mess up and do things. And she feels like she can't with Sam constantly watching her. So I like that. That felt very real to, to how their dynamic would be a year later, you know, after all those events. Um, yeah. And it's very much you have to let me go kind of in the beginning. And then how that is. line is turned around to a team aspect. You have to let me go so that I can help you fight, you know, this thing that's happening to yeah. us. So I love kind of the turnaround of that. I love the evolution of their relationship um, in terms of, you know, they were really kind of coming back together at the end of five to then being just a little too much and a little too suffocating for Tara. 
and now um, finding themselves back in the situation and really coming back together again by the end and both kind of feeding into this uh, visceral kind of violent nature and, and it all feeling like it comes from a protective place, you know? Uh, well, yeah, definitely, even though when it gets very violent at the end of the movie, I'm talking about when Sam wearing Billy's ghost face entire outfit using yeah. Billy's knife brutally mutilates um, my caption mate here. <laughs> yes. Dylan McDermott uh, Mulroney. Yes. It's, so, yes. It's horror. It's, it's, <laughs> this is what I mean when I say these quick, just nasty stabs. Are, well, just I mean, so think about quick. Richie. She stabbed Richie 22 times slid his throat and shot him three times and in the head it's not it's an it's the next level from what from you know for example what sydney did to billy yes i mean sydney wore that same ghost face outfit she put it on and she called billy and did the voice changer and messed with him in that very same way so it didn't feel like a goofy thing for her to do that because no, we saw Sid- we saw Sydney do it, and she's like, "You want to play these bullshit games? I can play them too." And also, her just feeding into Billy in her ear, and, and you know, just putting that on and getting that kind of out of her system, I guess. Because I feel yeah. like there was a part of her who wanted to feel what that felt like. I was half expecting um, um, Billy to, after you know after she kills uh, Dylan McDermott Mulroney. Who I always refer to as Dylan McDermott. Dur- yes, me too. I always confuse him. <laughs> him and Dylan, Dylan McDermott. McDermott. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> after she kill after she kills him, I was half expecting Billy hallucination Billy to uh, pop up on the side as though he's Anakin Skywalker, Force Ghost, and just give a thumbs give up. Give a nod again, like he kind of did in the car window. <laughs> um, he did. He did. That, <laughs> he did. He did. He, yeah, yeah, he gave the little nod. Um. But yes, just to kind of, since we're in that little area of, of conversation, the reveal being the weakest part. This ghost face, yeah. as I said, I'm something different. No, when you end up just being the same family revenge shit that we got in Scream 2. Because you are the family of Richie. <laughs> yes, you are, you are Richie's, Richie's father, family. Richie's brother, Richie's sister. So, I mean, it's it is different. unclear, actually. It is unclear as to whether Dylan McDermott Mulroney was, a was actually face. a ghost face. So do we have three new ghost faces or two and a mastermind? Which I'm assuming since we only see the two in the outfits, they are the two and a mastermind. Yeah. So that's the one thing that makes it different. Yeah. Is we have a whole family and we have two and a kind of a ringleader so it's like we have billy and Stu and roman like all like that's what we would have gotten kind of yes kind of um it's interesting though because obviously dermot mulroney is with our characters the entire movie i don't think uh, this is where i think the mystery plays really well because i mean i'm not one to guess about mystery movies anyway but i i was absolutely I, i had no intention of believing it was Dermot Mulroney was behind well, no. it. He was just for a me, police officer who was helping. Well, for them. me, okay. So before you know, when when I watched the trailer for the first time, Jader Paramo, he's like my screen buddy. We gush over this franchise. Him and Mika talk about it all day. He's like six a.m. He sends me the trailer. I watch it, and we're just going off about it and our theories and everything. 
once we saw that shrine, we both were like, Dylan McDermott's a cop. Or <laughs> your thing's messing me up. Dylan McDermott Mulroney is a cop. So obviously he would have access to all this evidence. So he, okay. there's a potential of him being involved. When I watched the movie for the first time, I literally, there was something weird about his crying after Quinn was killed that felt very fake to me, like Madonna. Like it felt okay. like okay, felt, maybe I'll have to maybe I'll have to watch again. Fake to me. And I said to who I was watching it with, I said, um, I Quinn had to fake her death. That seemed like some fake crocodile tears. I literally said that. <laughs> Half serious that Quinn faked her death. Because we've already seen a faked death twice. Billy did it and yeah. Roman did it. So we've seen faked yeah. deaths before. So I kind of, when he had his fake little, his when he put his hand to his face, Something about it just felt like, <laughs> like, like that thing felt I fake. The thing is, I never know <laughs> what to think because the screen movies do take themselves seriously, but don't take themselves seriously. So whether it's, <laughs> you know, there's comedic elements, there's genuine comedy. Yes. And, and meta humor in screen movies while being seriously genuine slashes. So yeah. it, it's tough sometimes to recognize almost what's trying to be played a little bit cheesy or genuine sometimes yes, yes. and so maybe i'm of, just not registering that i don't if, know if just it was for so me, obvious that dermot mulroney was the leader of these ghost face if it was if it was obvious yeah. to you then i apologize for being a simpleton it wasn't obvious it was just something about his tears after quinn was dead felt phony to me and it had me question, and, and the fact that, like, she was kind of part of the core, but we didn't see her death. We didn't see her get killed. We just saw her kind of stumble out already dead. Yeah. And there, there was a focus on really kind of showing the kills and showing the stabbing and showing the gore. Yeah. And we didn't really get that with her. And then his fake looking like, Ugh. like, I don't know, something about the way he acted in that moment felt false to me. And I said... I kind of thinking maybe that girl's probably faking her death and i really said it like half serious but then once we kind of got into it a little bit more and he was kind of working with them it turned me a little bit like maybe not and then yeah, kind he was, of he was seemingly obviously always and then my mind there, was, yes because he and was my, always there yes. he was very you know he saw Involved. ghost faces yes he was and, very very involved very you know, um, likable, really. Yes, and, and really like friendly to but all our characters. Yes, and you, but then you also see in that moment with the oh, my daughter, he looks right at Sam and says, "If you fuck with my family, you are dead." <laughs> like, and he said, "You." Like I, you know, when he was taught and looked at Sam in that he did, moment, but he wasn't talking so, about. But he was. He, he actually was. <laughs> well, like, he was. Yes, he was. But in. <laughs> I suppose but exactly. So, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So. You can read it as general, but once you see the reveal, you know he was yeah. talking straight to her. Yeah. And you know, then, but also, my mind was caught up on the "I'm something different." And one of my theories was, or one of my hopes was, they've never had the Ghostface be a returning character. So if it were to be Kirby, 
that would be yeah. a cool thing that the franchise has never done. So then I, I kind of totally and Kirby's a, a, a FBI. So again, the cop being having access to the to the uh, shrine way. elements. So that kind of was way. throwing me off as well. So I did already have in my mind Dylan McDermott Mulroney, Quinn potentially faking her death, but then focusing on I'm something different. So I feel like maybe. Maybe this is what I had hoped that a returning character is a ghostface, something we've never seen before. I mean, when when the the fake out ghostface reveal <laughs> comes and oh, it's definitely Kirby, and everybody's like, oh yeah, it's Kirby, it's definitely Kirby. Watch out for Kirby. It's not Kirby, but I was like, yes, I like this. This is good. yes, right. When I he like calls and says no, she was fired sense. from the forest. Da, 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 da. Yes. I kind of was believe he had me believing it. it. So it he saved sense. he saved me with that after the oh, my daughter. <laughs> he yeah. saved me with that line delivery later. It, it 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 makes sense from the getting all the evidence standpoint that we see obviously in the shrine that we are told, you know, earlier on in the movie that somebody would need to have police connections to get this. We are actually physically told that in the movie. Somebody would need to have police connections to get all this evidence and to create such a an impressive-looking shrine Yes, um, with all this stuff. So it made sense on that front. It made sense on the I'm something different front because of this. We've never had a ghost face yeah. who we've been introduced to in a previous in movie. The previous movie. Yeah. And... It was. It's something that I think I've wanted to see. Is is a previous character whose trauma has become too much for them, and they yes. snap. And that's seemingly for two minutes what they were alluding, implying to with, with Kirby. Kirby. Yes. Um, so I was like, yes, I like this. And then it did just. It go turned back into the same thing. thing. Our killer is somebody brand new. We're being interested to introduced to in that movie. That's who the killer is. It's a revenge, Mrs. Loomis type situation. Yeah. So that is not something different. The only thing that makes it different is it's a family, and there's a mastermind in two ghost face. That's the I only. But just but hope. in terms of the motive, in terms of it being a brand new character, in terms of yeah, the revenge aspect. It's all things we've seen before. So that made it a bit disappointing. And I think especially Jack Champion, there's always one ghost face who tries to invoke the stew mania and it, they don't quite meet, yeah, meet, yeah. The, meet the, uh, you know, know the assignment. I think the only one who ever got the closest to stew mania was Mickey. Um, yes, Timothy. Also. Everyone else yes. felt their kind of manic craziness felt always felt a little bit hollow to me. Ambers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> kind of spitty, Coming at you like yeah. some sort of like the, she's like <laughs> Helen and Marcos from Suspiria almost at the end of that movie. She's holding the knife up here like this and like uh... yes, and trying to be spitty and you know. Yeah. <laughs> And like that kind of thing. Like cackling. Little... That's what I mean. Yes. It's Helen and Marcos. Um, so I feel like Jack Champion was trying to do that he a little was, bit. He was. And Quinn was tr more calculated like a Billy. Um, and even Quinn Dylan was, McDermott, Will Roney, he was going like the middle, he was like the Roman middle ground of kind of manic, petulant, you know, Very frustration. Petulant. Very petulant. Very much like Roman kind of like whiny frustration. Like when Sam was talking about 
you know, talking all that shit about Richie, and he was like, he was a young, virile man. <laughs> you know, all of Who that. Who says that about their own son? He was virile. Who uses like, that all of word? that just felt very kind of silly to me. What are you um, talking about? So, oh, yes. <laughs> silly in a good way. Silly yes. in a good way because we need to remember that these movies should have silliness in them. Yes. Should be so while the, the reveal felt very weak and very kind of frustrated in terms of I'm something different and not being anything different, what got us there ultimately was great. So I could sit yeah, in this moment really and take it for what it was. It really um, was. and I the set like... piece kind of running around and they're using the you know, using Kenny's camera and yeah, the stew TV, <laughs> you know, to, to help kind yeah. of fight off. Um, you know, was it these... was it the uh, Jack Champion, the brother who who gets killed by Stu's TV again. Yes, yes. Was it him? So yeah. he does get stabbed. So it's when you know Jenna Ortega is like, "Let me go." She drops down on him. He stabs her. She ends up stabbing him through the mouth and has this brutal kind of. Like, oh yeah. Yes. Um. And then, but he still comes back, and yeah, uh, Kirby <laughs> throws the TV at him and has a great one-liner. I saw that in a movie once. Um. So, yeah, I mean, while the reveal was very much something we've seen before, what got us there, just living in that moment for what it was, I found enjoyment in it. Um, I will say I appreciated uh, Dylan McDermott Mulroney for really, really uh, getting involved in his own son's collecting hobby. Yes, like, you know, the fact that, like, <laughs> this meant something to his son, so... I want to help him. So know, here is the honor. single most impressive collection you could possibly <laughs> of, right, put together. Of, of police evidence that people just don't know or care where it went. Um, so, yes, the finale, weakest part of the whole movie, but ultimately understand what what got us there you're able to kind of just sit in it and take it for what it is and enjoy it because you're really excited about these characters and what's going yeah. on and and how we got there so um well let's let's yeah. talk a little bit about gail before okay to wrap so it. i it took me a minute to really like it took me the second watch to really kind of just embrace that i like what they did with gail it was a little bit frustrating because you know I just watched five and saw how hard the Dewey loss was her talking about fuck these killers. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm going to write a book about Dewey only for her to write a book about what happened and turn her whole like thing on that. And I'm like, God damn it, Gail. God, yeah, exactly. So like for Dewey's sake, like that made me mad. That made me frustrated with the character. Yeah. But then you just kind of have to go back and realize She's done this in every movie. She's she has done this in every single movie. <laughs> yeah, there was a, she. She gave a whole lecture that you about corrected me in. It was in Screen, screen Three about yes. I'm an investigative journalist. Here's how to be an investigative journalist. Yes. Step on whoever Basically, you got to step on to get step, your story. Step on everyone else. It's all about you. Um, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you get the story. And yes. it's just like, well, that's clearly just Gail's mentality. Exactly. And that's always been Gail's and mentality. What it's Five a, did was try and trick us. Five tried and tr tried to trick, trick us, us in thinking yeah. that she had a heart when Dewey was actually was her, her heart. entire heart. Yes. And, and now that he's gone, now, so it's easy for her. To Gail. 
but then they do enough to redeem her so you still love that character so her really kind of having conversations of sam with sam about um creating your own family and sticking together and oh my gosh broke my heart when like you can make your own family even if it's with one person and then sam says well what if you lose that one person and then you hear the dewey theme the dewey broken arrow (laughs) yes um that was just just, seriously that was sad (laughs) now you sound like dylan mcdermott walroni crying over his daughter (laughs) sorry Sorry (laughs) um but no that like that got me when they you know what if you lose that one person and then you hear the dewey music um but yeah they they gave enough to redeem her that shows like obviously yes it's important to her to be successful at her job she she has that drive that's never going to leave her to get the scoop to get the story to be on top in in that aspect um to be the first but on the she scene she can to... be useful in yes. protecting people but and she does somewhere have a heart yes and so she does have a heart she does care for these girls she wants to make sure she does care about sydney i like the mentioning of just she sydney does, yeah. because if you think about five sydney had no intention of even coming back to Wordsboro. the only reason she no. came back was because dewey died had dewey not died those events would have played out without her yeah yeah. So she she had no intention of jumping back into the flames uh, of Scream 5, but it was only to be there for Gail, only to be there for because Dewey was gone, was the reason she came back. So it worked into making sense that she wouldn't be here. She deserves her happy ending. She's not getting involved. She's saved somewhere with Mark and the kids. Like, I like that they, yeah. they didn't just completely ignore her. They mentioned her. And, and I appreciated that. And then going into Gail getting her first ever ghost face phone call that whole set piece i think was really cool it was very much you know gail really smart really such a badass a fighter and as my caption says gail likes chocolate men her and her and martha meeks must have been in the chocolate men uh, dating sites um looking for mans uh he's a very pretty gentleman as well i I must say yes Sh- and I, I love that killed, but... I love that Ghostface is like, oh, those all those muscles couldn't help him. And Gail is like, agrees. <laughs> Ghostface is like, she's like, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I love yeah. her just being fed up with him. She's like, can he like, you know, he's talking to her and she like hangs up on him and then redials to find out where he is. So I loved like her being so smart with that. Like Ghostface is just, you know, going on and on and on. And then she hangs up on him and he's like, what? Uh? <laughs> And then she like yeah. redials to to find out where he is, um, and yeah, her just fighting back and throwing things and kicking and um, I loved that whole kind of set piece of it, and you know, seeing the guy get grabbed in the background, her you know having the gun and just sh- like it felt very much like the end of Scream Five with Sydney just shooting doors, shooting through doors, not caring, yeah. ghost face trying to be on the phone with her, and she's like, "This is dumb," and like hangs up on him before he can finish his sentence. Um, them just being very much fed up with this nonsense and just really fighting, you know. And it seems like she's almost back. turned into Dewey now because she gets pretty brutally stabbed but is alive by the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, everybody is. I mean, Chad Everybody's has, alive by Chad the has established himself as the new Dewey because this is now movie two. Same with Dewey. Dewey, you know, was seemingly dead in the oh, first yeah, and then yeah. we have the stretcher. He survived. End of Scream 2. 
we assume he's dead. Stretcher, he survives. So Chad is the new Dewey in that aspect. I like um, Chad. I like Chad a lot. But my I... God, he got brutalized. Yes, by two out, two in one. So I don't know how the hell he survived. Which they say that they're like, oh, how did you survive? Because and then he because just it's making up. fun of the fact it's a franchise movie that now yes. can't kill off its and core so he characters. The four and four fingers as the like the core four, which I think is really cute. Yes. I really liked his kind of romance with Tara. I thought it was really sweet and cute, and the yeah. kind of shyness of the development of that. Um, uh, Mindy's so I, great as well. I mean, I, yes. I, I really, She's almost she's she's actually kind of way less annoying than Rand. Yes, she was just so mean, kind of in the first one, and a little bit cold and kind of a smartass. I like her still being a oh, smartass. Sorry, but... I mean, I don't mean in the previous movie. I mean than Randy. She's way less annoying than her own <laughs> uncle. No, I loved Randy. Like I was heartbroken. Randy's Randy great, died. of course he is. Yeah, Randy's I. Great. But no, she was very kind of just a smartass in the, in the first one, um, like when we first see our friend group kind of having their fountain scene yeah which is not at a fountain but you know their fountain adjacent scene and she's just very coldly talking about tara's attack and you know well tara could still die like just very kind of cold about it um it's it just played felt... it's played more for comedy in this movie and i think it works yes and the, but then there's also some heart there you know uh chad kind of being cheesy about things and her kind of you know, yeah. playing along with him when he wants to do the core four high five and, you know, having their sweet twin moments. And, and you know, I love that moment when, you know, before Sam kind of suggests just giving herself up and them all just kind of, she's like, I'm, t I'm tired of getting hurt. I don't want to get hurt anymore. And them all kind of just leaning on in on each other, you know, yeah. Chad leaning his shoulder on her and Tara leaning on her and them, you know, and, and them really having some fun twin moments and really, you know, some really nice moments where you've really felt like they cared about each other. So, cause we didn't really get a lot of those dynamics. We didn't really get to see Chad and Mindy's friendship with Tara because she was kind of stuck in the hospital the whole time. So getting to kind of see this friendship really how it should have been because we didn't really get to see them together in five it was nice to see it kind of developed here yeah um so yeah i i i think that was a big a big uh uh favorite of mine getting to see this kind of core four be our new kind of core three uh of yeah. you know gail sydney and dewey um it's really a great thought. deal to yes. enjoy Yes, and, and I definitely want to see more of them. And I think that's probably why Chad survived because, you know, yeah. we, we I, I definitely want more. And I know when I saw him die, I was like, no, he's too fine. He's <laughs> <laughs> <I ain't> too fine. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, I think we can probably get into the opening. I don't think, you know, that was up no we haven't have we god this no. is gonna go on for a long time <laughs> no just so um, much to say um yeah let's 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 talk about the opening because i don't want to overstay our um our <laughs> review here be yes bore people to tears but the opening yes it, it, it's wonderful this is our samara weaving uh situation she's in the in that bar and uh, she gets yeah. the text and it's all I done on I've a dating app I don't ever think I've seen her use her accent. No, she's actually, yeah, she's actually yeah. Uh, going for the Australian. Yeah. Which is 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 nice, I suppose. Um no, it's a it's a it's a really well staged opening. Yeah. It's 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 a typically staged opening, but they throw in the differences there. It it's not at 
you know, it's it's not a home or the safety of somebody's home. It's a it public place. Can but I, you're in the can big I think city. of one that isn't at somebody's home I mean, or residence? It's always at somebody's home or residence, no, right? No. Is it not? Scream 2. Scream 2. Public ass theater. That, that oh, of course, of course, of course. so amazing. It's, it's, it's that, you know, getting killed in plain sight, but because the rowdiness of what's happening in that theater, nobody notices. And she's just getting yeah. killed in front of all of these people. So very similar, similar to that. Thing, in, in, in using, movie, yes, in using in, the city, in, the busyness of the city, it being like Halloween weekend. So yeah. um, just the rowdiness of the streets, people in costumes. So yeah, she's in this restaurant. She's waiting for her online date. We see the picture of the person she thinks she's meeting. And we hear the voice and we know it's Tony Revolori's voice. So it's very much, we already know something's kind of off with this. Yeah. Because um, the picture we see is not Tony Revolori. Um, very clearly not Tony Revolori. Yes. Um, and I like her kind of on the phone, like saying things she thinks is dumb and just making faces like, God, I'm such an idiot. Why did I just say that? Because it's very much, very relatable, I think, um, for women in the dating scene to like, you know, new conversations with new people you're dating and you feel dumb for things you're saying or whatever. So I liked, you know, that's what Scream does really well also is characters who we're probably not going to sit with very long have are given a personality yeah given character um so i liked that they gave her kind of a little bit of a a personality before we're gonna lose her yeah i i like that she's a film professor yes i mean who teaches slashers (laughs) yes tony revelori and tony revelori's roommate um are her students and i mean their apartment when we get after you know we yeah we we finish with this first kill and we go to to their apartment where the, the actual real ghost face kills yes them and two, we kind of get pretending their... yes so that is that's the crazy thing about it so he lures her outside he's like oh there's an alleyway down there i think i see you and she gets her to kind of go in this alley and then he comes out and kills her and he's just stabbing yeah, her. Turns the voice on and just goes, Yes. Wait, you teach slashes. And then you a, think the last walked into an alley. Yeah, and I got you to walk into this abandoned alley. And right as like that final slash he does, you think, okay, opening credits, right? You do. But yes, no. You do. But no, he crouches down and he takes the mask off. And we see that it's Tony River Glory, and we're like, wait, what? A ghost face reveal already what is happening. He and it's how this time. entire movie is us knowing who Ghostface is. Yes. That would what if yeah, that would be different. so different and crazy. So like already I'm just kind of like, wait, what's happening here? This is really cool. I'm really interested. I'm I'm you've got me. Um he you know, he tucks his stuff away, he walks away just fine. And then we see him, hey, Tara. So now we know he's integrated with our characters. He yeah. knows them. He can just kill this person and be very just kind of casual. He walks back into the apartment, goes to his apartment. He puts the mask back like nothing. We see he has the stab shrine and different masks and all of this. Um, he also has some very obnoxious posters in his, his Oh, room, yes. And, and I, I think they do kind of uh, talk about 
he's obsessed with Jalo and, and that whole kind of he, thing. He might very well be obsessed with Jalo. I don't think there's anything wrong with liking Jalo movies. But... No, but he said like she got, she gave him a C on his Jalo paper or whatever. And he's like, so that's why you killed her because she gave you a C. So he gets a call from his roommate who he has been planning because they it seemed they've been plotting to they know they knew Richie and so they yeah. were kind of like Richie died we have to continue his vision because they knew him from the subreddit and all of that or whatever yeah um so we have to continue his movie and I wanted to get some practice in so that's why I went and, and killed the professor so um and also just seeing kind of this sick scene of him like being very sociopathic and describing it like very you know the more so. i stabbed her you know she felt like meat it felt like she felt like she was nothing and it, you know and he was just kind of relishing it and just kind of looking off into space and kind of like creepily twirling his fingers and just really just on another level just really loving the fact that she didn't feel human to him after a certain point of stabbing her and so really just like tapping into the sickness of this character was just really kind of like just having this sociopathic character right off the yeah. bat, like very well played, very well, kind of unsettling. Um, well, this and is then, what I mean. This, this is this is this is what I mean. This would have had Revelory been our ghost face, it would have felt very very different. It would have been such an insight, seemingly throughout the movie, that you know, into our ghost face, a very yes. different style movie. I don't think they couldn't go in that direction in the future, in the future yeah. movies. I think they could do something like this. What it does speak to is Revelory should play sociopaths. Yeah, because that was really unnerving, Have see, listening to him just talk so so casually about it. Um, so he's talking to who he thinks is his roommate, who he has plotted these things with, and, and they're also plotting to finish Richie's job and kill Tara yeah. and Sam. Yeah. So, you know, he's gotten a nod from Tara. They're going to be at this certain party. So they're like, yes, we can get them tonight. Um, and so he thinks he's talking to, I think Henry is the name of his roommate. And Henry Greg. is... Oh, Greg? Why do I think Henry? Um, I don't know. I thought, um, it was, I thought it was Greg. I don't know. Maybe. You're right. I don't remember. But his roommate... Um, is you he thinks it's just him using the voice changer, the ghost face voice. Um, and so then he's kind of messing with him a little bit, and then he's kind of maybe thinking it's not him, but he's putting on this hot and cold game with you. He's like, you know, if yes. you answer my question, if you play this game, I'll tell you where I am. Because he's like, well, where Which are you? It's all very nice. We like games. And he keeps, games, yes, don't we? he keeps saying, I'm right here. And so he's like, okay so let's play this hot and cold game so you're getting warmer you're getting colder as he moves through the apartment trying to find him um and then he gets to the fridge and he says you know you're on fire you're burning hot he opens the fridge and we have roommates dismember body in the yes. fridge you know very much feeling like you know um mrs Voorhees head in the, in the yeah. fridge in, in friday the 13th part two um and something like that we've never seen in a screen movie, you know, no. dismembered body parts in 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 the fridge, which just takes me back to Mindy talking about beheadings. And then when one of the heads Easy. gets knocked off the mannequin in the end, yes. Chad is like, beheadings! He just sounds 
end. He does. He does. Um, obviously, in a very serious moment, we get a, like a comedic thing like that. So that's the sweater. But yes, like crazy. Oh, really, and then really good opening. Yes, and then we turn around and we see our ghost face, and you know, obviously stabs him, and then he's like, "Well, what about the movies?" and the ghost face is like who gives a fuck about the movies and that's when we get our that's your opening yes title. so so it's cool cold. so it's well done so many cold. layers to it so many twists to it so many unsettling aspects and it actually felt very tense and scary yeah um, very so oh love, absolutely love absolutely i did just want to mention um again just the obnoxious film bro posters that they have in their apartment it just makes me hate people and look i'm as we all know as much of a fritz lang fan as the next man his noir movies are excellent but to have a big maxi metropolis poster is vomit inducing <laughs> did you think they were very pretentious pretentious yes posters. i don't yeah. like them Enjoy well, movies without being so I'm better than you about it. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think that was probably the point. Of um, course it was. The point. <laughs> of course. But, but yes. Oh God, would it just annoy me? Why is Revelory always this? I'm sure Revelory's Flash Thompson's this, isn't he? He's like, I know all these fancy movies. I'm sh I'm almost certain that's exactly what he is. <laughs> Maybe maybe um I but yes know. just just I, I, an am amazing opening um just to speak quickly about kirby coming back yeah. uh i like to return i liked how they brought her back into the story it made sense that you know and then even her kind of her explaining her story to tara and having that moment with her you know explaining to her i died for four minutes and yeah. i could either go hide in a hole or i could you know make the monsters afraid of me and it really much felt like a Sydney attitude, like, you know, I'm not going to let this define my life. I'm going to be a strong, come, come out stronger from this. Yeah. Um, and her really just giving words of wisdom, her really kind of reminding them that they're part of this, like, fucked up family. Um, so loved her addition, loved her coming back, loved her having this film geek, horror film geek moment with Mindy, because they're kind yes. of our are randy's in the way of just really being knowledgeable about the genre and love seeing kirby still having that you know yeah and them kind of having that back and forth in that moment i think was really cool Shout one thing yes um one thing that i will just say is pissing me the hell off Ooh. stop fucking teasing Stu mocker if you're not going to do anything with that, stop yes. it. Just stop. Yes. If Seven isn't going to like be Kevin Williamson's kind of original idea for Scream 3 based around Stu, then stop fucking talking about him. Don't tease little videos of, is Stu Walker still alive? Don't make Tara's answer incorrect because she didn't mention Stumacher. Don't have a mention of Stumacher's sister and Stumacher's fucking house and Stumacher's nephew and have Quinn talk about Stumacher being her favorite killer and have Mindy say if you believe he's dead if you're not going to do anything with any of that because it is so frustrating. Stop teasing Stu if you are not going to use Stu. So if I do not see Stu in this next movie 
I'm gonna be twitching a little bit. Janine, your your rage has just caused your own connection to falter slightly <laughs> on the show. It I'm was sorry. so intense. <laughs> Did you um, miss anything I, I said? Do I need to repeat no. No, no. I, I I do I do not disagree. I do not disagree <laughs> at all. Um like they, they do call far too much attention to him without doing anything. Exactly. They do. Um but for fear of this becoming truly <laughs> phenomenally long. Yes. Um, which that's a pretty lengthy discussion on screen six. <laughs> it is, it very much so is. It has to said, it has to be said. Um, and we do have a little game to play. Yes. To round out our show today. <laughs> um, but there we go. Our full review, full spoiler review of Scream 6. It's the one you've been waiting for, I think. For yes. all Janine's build-up throughout the last few months. Um, and still more videos to come. I have my Scream 5 review and my killer rankings. I'll give my rankings without the six uh, Scream 6 killers and with the Scream 6 killers. Okay, well, yeah. there you go. Mm -hmm. But yes, let's play some fun and games quickly, Janine, because you um, last week had a little game for me. Yes. It was our kind of movie character caricature game. Yes. Uh, and we enjoyed that, but it wasn't really conducive to the audio listeners, unfortunately. Sorry. It was a fun game. It was a very, very fun game. Um, today, I have for you because this is how we're doing games at the moment, is we're just giving each other a game rather than both playing it. I have for you a bad movie descriptions game. Ooh, so okay. I have six in front of me. Uh, these, are, these are terrible descriptions of movies. Okay. And you are to guess the movie from this terrible description of the movie. Okay. Um, they're all known, you know, there's, there's nothing... You know, there's no small, weird, little movies in here. Okay. So they're all sizable well -known movies. movies. Fairly well-known movies. Okay. I'm not good at things like this, but I'm, I'll give it a go. <laughs> but yes. Okay. So, uh, the first one. A broke man commits identity fraud so he can manipulate a group of school children. Oh. Oh, is this School of Rock? It is School of Rock. <laughs> that is the plot to School of Rock. What a very sinister sounding plot right? that is. Sounds very bad. But it's true. It's very, very true. Okay. Oh, I got all a girl. sweaty, raging. Sweaty, <laughs> raging about Stu Macca. Number two. A girl takes a chicken on a boat trip. Uh, is this Moana? It is Moana, yes. <laughs> it is Moana. <laughs> a man is forced to participate in the rescue of a hostage by the government. That government has turned his residence into a refugee camp. I will repeat that one. A man is forced to participate in the rescue of a hostage by the government that has turned his residence into a refugee camp. And this one's my favourite, actually. Ooh, and it's probably like a really obvious one. Hmm. 
when I say a man, don't necessarily think of a human. I really like this one. It fits so well. I really do. It's funny. No? Ooh. Ooh. So I'm like, is this like like a movie where somebody's like housing some aliens or something? No, it's not aliens. It's <laughs> okay. not aliens, no. Ooh, so it's not, so um, it's not aliens. Okay, yeah, no, I, I give up. It's Shrek. Oh, yes. Hostages, refugee camps. Yes, obviously it's your favorite. That's so good. I mean, could That's you do, so actually, could you do trivia on Shrek? I'd, I'd give that a good go. Shrek 1, definitely. Okay. Two, 1 and 2, yeah. 3 and 4. 3 and 4. Yeah. <laughs> but 1 and 2, definitely. Okay. A troubled man helps a group of teens believe in their dreams. A troubled man. I know this is vague, but I do like this one as well. A troubled man helps a group of teens believe in their dreams. Is that like a play on words? No, just okay. think about it from a comedically blunt, kind of comedically vague standpoint with, that all these are at. Troubled man helps a group of teens believe in their dreams. It's not a sports movie, let's just say. No, like it feels very generic, but I feel like, you know, once I hear it, it's going to like make a lot more sense. Yeah. Is it a Nightmare on Elm Street? It is a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh, That's great. Yes. <laughs> Uh, a whip-wielding vigilante with a death wish confronts two feuding orphans, all wearing animal costumes. I like yeah. this one as well, I do. A whip-wielding vigilante with a death wish confronts two feuding orphans, all wearing animal costumes. Who else has a whip? Besides Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's not Indiana Jones. <laughs> I do like I do like this one as well. This is the Shrek one. You read it again. A whip wielding vigilante with a death wish confronts two feuding orphans, all wearing animal costumes. Stumped. I know. I found a, a game type that stumps Janine. I'm so pleased. Something in my mind is like making me think this thing, but there's obviously elements that don't work. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> no, it's definitely not this. Because there's elements in here that aren't in the description. <laughs> but for whatever reason, animal costumes 
oh no, feeding orphans. I don't know. My mind kept thinking siblings instead of orphans. No, that I'm not. That's okay, not it at all. <laughs> no. Um. What? What? Well, what were you thinking then? If I don't know. Siblings. I think my like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> A whip who has a whip. That's why I'm like the no wizard. whip. But I mean no, no you whip. have you have your your flying monkeys, you have your you have your cowardly lion. Obviously, okay, okay. Yeah. The the wicked witch and you know yeah, Glinda the good siblings. witch. Feuding. Okay. He's okay. kind of stuck in the middle. Okay. Um no. No. Oh, it's a much darker movie. Mm, no. No? No. I'm surprised. It's it's one of your favorite movies. It's Batman Returns. What? Oh yes. <laughs> Orphans. Yes. No. It's Batman Returns. And and lastly, yeah. lastly, a drug-crazed lunatic slowly kills children in front of their parents one by one. What? It yeah, a drug-crazed lunatic slowly kills children in front of their parents one by one. Again, I know this is somewhat vague, but I think it's very, very funny. <laughs> That's terrible if it's funny. It is terrible. It is terrible, yes. Kills children right. in front of their parents. Ah! <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate it is, Factory. It, it, it is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, that's great. Oh, there we go. Well done. Yes. Well done. Did you get four of six then, I think? I think so. You didn't yes. get Batman Returns and you didn't get uh, Shrek. That's right. Did you? Yes. Shrek. There we go. Yes. Well, I do have four one thing. Oh, one I thing. I probably should have... Should have said in our screen review section because I don't know if anyone's going to be watching this long um, but I did go to the screen when I saw Scream 6 I did go to the 3D fan event so I saw the movie in 4DX and they gave out fun posters I think I've seen most people online who have seen it went to the same thing and got the posters but I have two of them so if you did not get a cool Scream 6 poster this poster right here Ooh, it is a very nice post. It's a big ghost face, big knife, yes. Times Square. Yes. Um, if you can leave in the comments what uh, Josh Sagara, is that his name? Yes. Um, of She-Hulk. What If you can tell me what his nickname is <laughs> that he is given in Scream 6, um, you will get this poster. I will send okay, it to you. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, we, we will put that out there. <laughs> put that out there for people who may not be watching right at the very end of today's <laughs> show. We will also mention it in, in a couple of other things, I think, as well. Okay. Just to uh, just to do that. That's for giveaways. How exciting. Mm. But there we go for a nice long episode of Monday Madness <laughs> today. Dominated by our Scream 6 review. <laughs> Um, Monday Madness is, of course, not the only thing we have on this YouTube channel. We have a bunch of other stuff from Morgan's Movie to Collect, Morgan's Movie Collection. Apologies to all of Janine's uh, Scream Six build-up stuff. If you want to keep going on the Scream train, we have movie reviews, we have retro trailer reactions that we really do need to start up again. Back into yeah, a couple of watch-alongs every so often. Fun stuff 
on the YouTube channel. Subscribe, ding your notification bells here. Or, of course, on the It's Wonderful podcast feed, all major podcast platforms. You can find this show every Monday. Morgan hasn't seen every Wednesday where we're talking fighting movies all March long in honor of Creed 3. Yes. Um, and the main show, It's a Wonderful Podcast, every Friday where we celebrate old movies. We show love to them. We discover new old movies. Last Friday was 1947's Body and Soul with John Garfield. Yes. That was a really, yeah, was really a good intensely good movie. Not, not, yes. not, the, not the happiest movie of all time, but, no, but... but a very, very good movie. Um, and we always enjoy discovering new old movies over on the main show. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed, like we said, on all major podcast platforms. Uh, you can, if you would like to support us on Patreon or donate in any such way, there has been scrolling down uh, at the bottom of the screen. If you are watching on YouTube throughout the show, uh, the links to the Patreon and donation are in the description as well. Uh, if you would like to support us that way, because we can't do what, all what we do without that generous support. We love all our It's a Wonderful Podcast patrons dearly. Uh, so if you want to join, head on over there or just find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at The Purple Dawn with A3 instead of the E in the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. Or on Instagram at uh, just the purple don TikTok as well at the purple don Instagram and TikTok Ooh. there Janine all your ghosty facey screamy stabby stuff is where oh you can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok if you want to get any merch for any of our shows you can see the link scrolling on by or check the description for the link to our Teespring shop or just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com there's some really fun designs over there um, I may put my uh, ghost face we all scream for ice cream design up in there and I also have a ghost face with taco um, which I like to call that design Wes Cravings um, so I Terrible. will put those <laughs> two designs up there as well but right now we have all kinds of show logo designs, including some fun Stranger Things designs. Um, so, yes, check out our merch shop for merch. And if you want to purchase any of my art in print form, you can find that at my Big Cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. There we go. I know you don't like doing it because you don't think you can do it. No, but I, I, I need a ghost face voice. I cannot be Roger, the amazing Roger L. Jackson. I'm sorry. I know, I know. But you did such a good impression of Edward G. Robinson on last Friday's name <laughs> show. Fluke. That was a fluke. <laughs> um, it was a fluke, yes. But I just think it, it's it's gonna have to be appropriate for today. Okay. <clears throat> Three, two, one. <laughs> I don't know. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 It did sound a little bit <laughs> like an evil troll. <laughs> Boom.